My name is Jim, one of the leaders here at the church, and it's a real privilege to be uh, with you tonight. I've just got a short talk. I know it's Christmas Eve, and you've got lots of wrapping, possibly buying still uh, to do. I don't know. I don't want to judge anyone, but if you have still to buy things, then hurry up, because you haven't got long. So um, it's been great, isn't it, to go through the, the Christmas story via scripture and also via carols. Can I have a round of applause for our worship team, because they've been doing fantastic. And also our tech team, because earlier on this week we weren't able to do anything online because uh, people are so obviously a bit nervous about coming out for, co- for COVID reasons and stuff as well. So our tech team have been amazing since COVID hit way back in 2020. So a round of applause for our, our tech team for doing all this stuff. Thank you. So um, Christmas Eve, who's excited? Yeah, all 11 of us, fantastic. Who's excited for Christmas Eve? Yeah, come on. That's great, isn't it? I love Christmas. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, I love Christmas. And uh, traditions for me are a big part of Christmas. Are they for you as well? Christmas traditions? Every Christmas Eve uh, for us in the Privet household, uh, we wrap up Christmas pyjamas into a shoebox and we put a Christmas movie in the box. We put sweets and chocolates in the box and popcorn as well. And then we hide the box somewhere in the house and the kids go and find it, and then we unwrap it, and we all put our pajamas on, and we all start to eat sweets. We put the movie or film on the TV. And uh, this year, um, we've got another member of our family, uh, Bertie the dog. So uh, I finally folded. After in a sermon a few months ago, saying I'd never get a dog, I've been, I've been crushed by the weight of my family, uh, and we've now got a dog. So we are now a cat family and a dog family. And Bertie's got his own Christmas pyjamas, so uh, if you follow us online, then you'll know that you'll see a photo of the dog in pyjamas. Anyway, so looking forward to that. That's our little Christmas tradition every Christmas Eve, and without it, we wouldn't feel particularly Christmassy. But I thought what I would do is um, ask you for your Christmas traditions. Is that okay? So behind your masks... If you're like, well, do you know what we like to do? We like to go on holiday to the Bahamas, and then we like to go and see family here. Uh, this is my wife, Abby. Uh, and, uh, we like to go, and then we like to go to a Christmas market. Just say Christmas market, otherwise we've got to write all this on the balloon. Does that make sense? So, does that make sense? Someone's, someone be with me. Right, okay, even if it doesn't make sense. So Christmas traditions, what are some of the things that you do to get you into that Christmassy mood in the run-up? To Christmas, just shout it out. It could be where worship music. Okay, that's good. That is. I will repeat back for those that are online. Worship music. Any other Christmassy things? Putting the tree up. Amazing. More lights. Lights out. Fairy lights. Lights out. Yeah. Okay. Staying with family. Love it. Pigs in blankets. Brilliant. I love that. The snowman film. I love growing up with that film. It was amazing, wasn't it? What? (laughs) Die Hard? It's very poor link to Christmas. We'll give you that. Have you written Die Hard on there? Right. Any others? Come on. Pantomime? War with it. Kevin? Christmas Carol. Muppets Christmas Carol. Not Kevin's a Muppet. Change. Sorry, Kev. 
Sorry. That was our bit anyway. Someone shout over here. Someone over here? The Grinch. The Grinch. I say it's a Christmas movie. Advent. Still in my talk. Don't, don't let him talk again. So, anyone else? Someone else? Christmas cake. We've just done ours, haven't we? Well, I say we. Abby just made a Christmas cake. So, and OB, thank you. Anyone else? What's that? Snowballs. Is it? Okay. As in, oh, is it like a cocktail? Oh, okay. Okay, we'll leave that one. Thank you. <laughs> and other non alcoholic drinks are also available. Carol services, coming to church on Christmas Eve, all those things. Calendars. Yeah, was that what you said? Okay, all right, but you're my son. That's just, just be quiet. Okay, so, <laughs> love you really. Father Christmas and reindeers and all that sort of stuff. Carrots and mince pies. Okay, we've done enough now. Okay, are you getting the picture? Yeah? So this balloon represents all of those incredible traditions and things that we do at Christmas. You getting that? I'll come back to that one in a minute. So thank you for that. It's really cool to hear what you guys get up to, some of the things you look forward to over Christmas. If you know me, you know that I love history. And uh, so I did a bit of digging around um, in the preparation for this talk and um, found out that in Elizabethan times, that they played this game as a tradition every Christmas called... um, Shoe the mare, right? Shoe the mare. And um, they didn't have electricity, so give them, cut them some slack, right? They didn't have much else to do back then. So someone in the family would take their shoes off, and they'd get on all fours, and they would walk around the house, sometimes for a couple of hours, and people would try and get on them, and they would shoe them off, and they would kick them off. And then it wasn't until they subdued that person that the game was over. Hey? It's exciting, isn't it? So, here we go. No, I'm just joking. And it's just a joke. Fine. And then another thing, another thing, another thing, right? In the medieval times, they did this thing called the Lord of Misrule. Have you heard of this one? Have you? I better get this right. Shh, be quiet. So there's like a social, I guess a social inversion of what would be normal. So there'd be a day or a couple of days where the boss would be the worker and the worker would be the boss. That poor people would want all the rich people's lovely food at Christmas festive time. So they'd get the food if they asked nicely and that person was feeling generous. There's also this social inversion where perhaps the children were allowed to um, actually do the Christmas Day meal as well. Can you imagine that? Some of you are freaking out right that right now, aren't you? Who's cooking tomorrow? Oh, little Tommy. Once he's you know done his nappy, we've changed his everything. That, you know, so yeah, that'd be crazy, wouldn't it? But traditions play a huge part of Christmas, don't they? One of the first traditions, the earliest traditions that we know of when it comes to Christmas, is that of Advent. Someone mentioned Advent up there. Who was it? Ten points for you, whoever that was. Fantastic. So historians can't precisely put it down to the first time they know when Advent came around, but usually it was just 400 AD-ish was when Christmas Day got absolutely pinned in the calendar. So it was around about that time that Advent came into play. Now, Advent is basically the preparation, the preparation of someone notable arriving. Are you with me? Yeah? And I think that the season of Advent, the the lead up to Advent, it's up to Christmas, sorry, which is called Advent, has been lost somewhat, don't you think? In society, I'm glad you're with me. 
I think I'm doing a whole series on Advent next, time, next Christmas, by the way. So anyway, um, and in particular, I think Christmas calendars, Advent calendars are the ones that have taken the biggest hit. So I remember growing up as a kid, that my Advent calendar was flat. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah, it was flat. It was just a piece of card with the nativity scene on, and then behind each window was one of the Bible verses that you would have heard tonight, yeah? And then there was one year, my mum said to me, I bought you an Advent calendar. I was like, oh, right. I looked at it, and it wasn't flat. It was fat. <laughs> and I was like, what's in this? And there was chocolate in it. It's brilliant. Love it. Isn't it? But, and I love my chocolate Friday calendar, Abby. Thank you so much for my chocolate. And I'm going to enjoy that later, opening that. But I think in some ways, that's kind of a reflection of perhaps where our priority and perhaps our focus has begun to shift, not because of Advent calendars, but at Christmas. We've kind of lost that supernatural, supernatural message of what Christmas is all about. Because Advent is to mark the season of the coming king, isn't it? Are you with me? Yeah, good. Not just waiting for the 24th so you can eat your Freddo, but waiting for the 25th to celebrate, to celebrate the coming king. And it's a great reflection, it's a great echo of what you see in Scripture. So way back in the Old Testament, in Genesis, the first book of the, of the Old Testament, Genesis 3.15, you get this whisper of a coming king, of a saviour. Okay, and then we heard in our, in our readings tonight where the angels showed up and said to the shepherds, a saviour has been born. Do you know what the time period is between that? About 2,000 years, just over 2,000 years, they reckon. That's a big advent calendar, isn't it? Come on, that's better than that. That's a big advent calendar. That's a long time of waiting for a saviour and for a king to show up. So... When we read in scripture, our normal Christmas scriptural readings, you know, the angels freaked out the shepherds and they told them your Savior's been born. That is a long time in coming, that message. That's exciting, isn't it? Yes, it is exciting. They've been waiting for this king, this Savior, for generation after generation after generation of someone who would restore them, someone who would free them from captivity, someone who would be the Prince of Peace for them who would restore their land, who would be their king, who would be their ruler, who would bring peace for these people. No wonder they were so desperate to go and see the saviour, the hope of the world. And it got me thinking, at Christmas, do I live with the gravity of that message, the seriousness of that message, the anticipation, the hoping, the longing, the seeking, the preparation of all that it took for Jesus to come to earth? Does that message sit with me? Does it make me excited? Does it make you excited? Good. Thank you, Tiffany. What are you waiting for this Christmas? I love this stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'll come back onto this in a minute. But in Luke 19.10, the reason that Jesus, that's not Jesus, but you know, Jesus came at Christmas for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save the lost. And there's people out here tonight that I believe online and in this room that are still lost. Or perhaps have felt lost over the last couple of years. The Son of Man came as a baby to seek and save you. Because he loves you. That was his mission. So often at Christmas we can disconnect the, 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 the story. You know, we, we put kids in donkey outfits, put them on a platform. And um, they look lovely, take photos of them. But there's a reason that baby Jesus was there. He grew up. He outgrew the manger. He lived a life of love. He served you and me. He died a public, humiliating death on the cross. He came to seek and to save you because he loves you. He came to bring you peace, freedom, 
slavery, out of your captivity, to sin, to shame, to all those things that perhaps you know about but no one else does. Those things that weigh heavy, those things that keep you awake at night. He came to free you from that, to say you're no longer labeled by that stuff anymore. You are a sister, a brother, a son, a daughter in Christ. He's ready to restore you back into relationship so that every day you could experience Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel, God with us. You could experience Emmanuel, God with you through the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you say, yeah, okay, I believe that Jesus came as a baby to die for me on that cross. That's exciting, isn't it? That's Christmas. A time to be thankful, to celebrate. Not just to get all Christmassy and come to church once a year. Please hear me right, it's no judgment. It's way bigger than that. Perhaps tonight is an opportunity for you to reflect on the real message of Christmas, what it's all about. To return, to repent. That means to turn your life around. Some of you might be coming to church all your life, but actually the last couple of years where it's felt dark and hopeless and everything else, you know, to know that Jesus is the hope of the world, that he's the light of the world. He's the only thing that will satisfy. Perhaps tonight is a chance to get back on track with him. Another part, of this tradition of Advent is that it prepares you for the return of Jesus. That's what Advent's about. One day Jesus is going to return. I'm excited by that. (laughs) That might freak some of you out. And to some extent, I hope it does. I hope it does. Christmas is a chance to anticipate the hopeful return of our coming King. Now we're this side of the cross, okay, but like the, the shepherds that were waiting for this, the first coming of their saviour, we should be waiting for the second coming of our saviour. Hebrews 9.28 says, Jesus, having been offered once to bear the sins of many by the cross, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, he's done that via the cross, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Are you this, thank you, are you this Christmas eagerly waiting for him? That's the joy of the world. That's who he is. Christmas is a chance to be enthused, to be excited, to be hopeful, to be longing, to be seeking, you know. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. We get so much more when we die because we get to be with our Savior, our King. This baby who grew up, we get to be in the presence of our King all the time. One day, Jesus will return. Are you prepared for that one day? And the fullness of God's kingdom will come into play. His absolute rule and reign. We can sing Jesus as king at Christmas, but do we mean it in our hearts? Do we mean it 24-7? There'll be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. He'll wipe all that away. Evil will be defeated. Good will win. The earth will be restored. God wins. That's what Christmas is about, isn't it? And if you're saying, I'm not sure, fine. That's okay. Let's have a conversation. You know, what are you waiting for this Christmas? What are you seeking after? What are you preparing for? Just a lovely, and I hope it is, a Christmas day tomorrow, and I hope it's beautiful. I hope you have a lovely time. But it's more than that. Are you prepared for the reality that one day Jesus will return? You know, this is all fantastic stuff. I love all these things. Apart from mince pies, but apart from that, I love all these things. But so often this becomes Christmas for us. We get really excited, anticipated, and all that stuff, hopeful and seeking the balloon of, of the snowman and pigs in blankets and PJs and the Grinch, and they're all fantastic things. But what would it look like if those things were taken away from you at Christmas? If you couldn't do those things, whoops, 
Don't mean to do that. If you couldn't do those things, if that was stripped down, what would it look like? I hope no one's got globophobia because I'm going to pop this. So if you don't like balloons being popped, then cover your ears. Okay, that's a thing. Right. So, what would it look like for you to take what Christmas has been perhaps for years and years and years and to take a pin and to pop it? Some of you are thinking, put the balloon back together. I want what I want. This was meant to represent Jesus. But I hope you kind of get the message. This is the core of Christmas. Jesus, forget this, right? You know what I'm trying to say. This is the core of Christmas. This is behind all the stuff that we can get really excited for. Are you just as excited? If you, are you more excited about Jesus, that he came as a baby, that he died on that cross for you so that you can know freedom from your sin, from your shame, from your guilt? The stuff that the world says doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter. It's important. And one day, he's going to return to save you, to take you with him. That's exciting. That's Christmas. That's not, you know what I mean. That's Christmas. The core of Christmas is Jesus. The Savior who came to seek and save you, who is coming back one day. I hope that maybe tomorrow you'll see a balloon and you'll be reminded. Take the opportunity just to say thank you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. We're going to sing a song now. Couple of songs to finish. One's called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I love this song so much. Emmanuel, God with us. And the writer of this song wrote it for the first Christmas O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, baby Jesus. But actually, he wrote it with that bigger picture O Come, O Come again, Emmanuel. God be with us again. You know, you can live with God every day through the gift of Jesus Christ on the cross. He died for you. If you want to say yes to Jesus and know what it, lives like, it looks like to live with Emmanuel, God with you, then chat with me afterwards. But there'll be a time where, we're, where, where every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. I'm excited for that time. And as you sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, let that be your prayer tonight, perhaps for the first time. Actually, you know what? I want to let you into my heart. I've made Christmas all these things here, but it's so much more than that. Perhaps it's for the hundredth time. Perhaps we're going to sing it as devoted followers of Christ and it's going to mean something new to us tonight. Oh, come. I eagerly desire for you to come back. Is that okay? Oh, man, let's pray. Let's pray and then I hand over to the worship team. We'll finish. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. God, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you. That your son, even though he didn't, even though he was nervous and he was in that garden of Gethsemane and he was sweating blood, he died on that cross for us, for you, for me. To know us personally, every single day. We thank you for the gift of you, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just work amongst the people here tonight. Talk to you the people that you love. Lord, may we have hearts that are open to you, perhaps for the first time tonight, perhaps for the first time in a couple of years because things have been so tough. I don't know. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, as we sing this, we sing this to you. We love you, Lord. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Amen.